Greetings, friends and brethren in the Lord. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly, exceedingly great joy. Today I want to talk to you about a message I've titled, Hide and Seek. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this listening audience. I thank you for giving them a hunger and a thirst, a great thirst for righteousness. I ask you to make them so hungry and thirsty for you, to run hard after you, and just be radical lovers of you, Jesus. Lord, I bless them, and I bless them to desire you, to seek you, because I know if they seek you, they will find you. I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, hide and seek. When I was growing up, we played a game as soon as it got dark outside called hide-and-seek. Now, growing up for me, summers were, I loved summer. I was usually up at 5.30 a.m., and I can remember that distinctly because my grandmother had a rooster who crowed distinctly at 5.30 a.m. So I was wide awake, and of course you know that in the summer, the sun comes up very early. So I was awake, and I was raring to go. And I never came back in the house till way after dark because, hey, we were playing hide-and-seek. Now, this game hide-and-seek, if you're not familiar with it, someone, someone is designated as being it, closing their eyes and counting to maybe 50. That gave the others time to find a hiding place. Some climbed up a tree to hide. That was my favorite place. Some in the bushes, some in the neighbor's hedges, um, others maybe behind a porch, behind a wall, really, truly any place that you just pretty were pretty sure you wouldn't be found. So um, now when the, when the person who was designated as it reached the number 50 or it could be whatever number had been predetermined, that person would call out, ready or not, here I come. And then they were on the search to find all the hidden kids. So I never wanted to be an it. I didn't want to be the one searching for people. I wanted to be the one hiding. And trees were my favorite, especially my neighbor's cherry tree. It was easy to get up in there. And of course, it's summertime, so, you know, the leaf is full of trees. And sometimes it was wonderful to have, um, you know, just pluck a few cherries off the tree while I was up there. But anyway, this was just like one of my favorite games. Now, Zephaniah, and there is a book of the Bible named after Zephaniah, who was a prophet to Judah. Zephaniah identified his identified his ancestry back four generations to Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a good king who had led the people back to God during the prophet Isaiah's time. Zephaniah's name means the Lord has hidden. Now let's go back to a story that you're familiar with. You've heard, if you're a Christian, you've heard so many times. But this is the story of the burning bush. Now, the Lord 
was hidden in the burning bush. Moses didn't see God, but the bush kept burning, and a voice came from the bush. In Moses' first encounter with God, God was hidden in a bush. How interesting. Moses made a decision, a conscious decision, to turn aside and pay attention to the bush. That was not being consumed, even though it was burning. God was hiding, and Moses decided to seek this curious phenomenon. But think about this for just a moment. Moses could have just moseyed on with his flock. The Bible says he was at the backside of the desert, and he could have easily just taken his flock and moved to another spot. But I want you to notice what the scriptures say. Exodus 3, verse 3 says this, Then Moses said, and he was speaking to himself, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush doesn't burn. Verse 4, So when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Remember that Moses, at this point in time, is 80 years old. For the last 40 years, he had been tending his father-in-law's flock in Midian. And it was 40 years since Moses had left Pharaoh's kingdom. Moses was just an average shepherd out in the desert. Everything was pretty much the same routine. But the bush was a test. God could have come in a much more, much more dramatic way to get Moses' attention. But this was a small bush. I mean, it was just like any other bush. Moses made a decision to seek, and God rewarded him. After Moses got promoted to a 40-year journey in the desert with millions of people instead of a flock of sheep, God hid himself in the manna. It was the daily bread, so to speak, that they needed each day. Unfortunately, out of almost three million people, they couldn't see the bread of life that was sustaining their bodies for 40 years. 40 long years they were sustained by this manna, yet they could not see that it was the bread of life. They had no interest in truly seeking God. They were on the, what I call the murmur and complain train. So the question you may be asking yourself is, why does God want to remain hidden? Well, that is easy. So we will pursue him and find him. You see, when it was time to leave Egypt, each household ate the Passover meal, and those who were hidden behind the door marked with the blood of the lamb they had sacrificed earlier, they were protected from the angel of death. Now, David, David was a seeker. And even those 
um, the sons of Korah, wrote things that make you realize that these men, these psalmists, because remember that the psalms are songs, um, were written uh, because of their great love for God. So this is Psalm 42, if you want to follow. Um, I'm in the New King James today, and that's the only thing I will be reading out of. Psalm 42, 1 through 4, um, written by the sons of Korah. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul for you, O God, pants. Let me read that again. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? Remember, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with a voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. So you can see that, you know, when he says, I'm, I'm like the deer that pants for water. That's how much my soul is thirsting for the living God. Okay, we're going to stay in Psalms here for a little bit. So if you would, turn over to Psalm 34. And we're going to look at verses 4 through 6. Now, David wrote... Psalm 34, and this is what he says. He says, I sought the Lord. In other words, I'm seeking the Lord. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Okay, turn to Psalm 27, verse 4. This is also a psalm of David. David writes, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So David was a seeker. And he said, Look, there's one thing I desire, and I'm going to seek it. I, I'm i going to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. In other words, what David was saying there is, I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. My days on this earth, I will be in the presence of the Lord. I am going to behold his beauty. I'm going to inquire about him. David was a seeker of God. Psalm 63, this is also a psalm of David, verses 1 and 2. O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Again, 
David is making that same cry out of his heart, you know, early. I'm going to seek you, Lord, because I am my soul, my soul, my my mind, will, and emotions. They long for you. They thirst for you. You know, it's it's dry and thirsty, and I, I've got to have the Lord. Okay, Psalm. One twenty one. Psalm one twenty one. We're going to look at verses one and two. Now, this doesn't say who wrote this particular psalm, but it's the writer writes, "I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord." who made heaven and earth. This is actually a very important scripture. I have used this scripture many times for physical healing because I've had, you know, people say, you know, call this doctor, get this doctor, you got to do this, therapy, blah, blah, blah. And I told you before, I've heard the Lord say it's in my spirit. From whence comes your help? Your help comes from me. So when we seek the help of the Lord, when we lift our eyes up to the hills, so to speak, and we just cry out, from whence comes my help? Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And to be honest, he made everything. Everything that is, he made. You know, oftentimes we sin. We really blow it. And we can run and hide from God. Um, Thinking that he can't see us. And he doesn't know what happened. But because of shame, maybe because of, you know, whatever we did, we're ashamed and so... You know, we think we can hide from him. I I tell you, it's the worst thing to do. Don't hide from God. Seek him. Run to him. He's actually waiting for us to seek him out. So I really encourage you, you know, if you sin, if you do something really crazy, wrong, don't run away from God because that's typically what people want to do. You know, that's exactly what Adam and Eve did, right? The minute they sinned, the minute they ate that forbidden fruit, what did they do? They ran and hid, and they grabbed those fig leaves and covered themselves up. They hid from God, and he's walking through the garden. Where are you? So don't run from God. Run to God. Seek him. Isaiah writes in Isaiah twenty nine fifteen says, Woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the Lord, and their works are in the dark. And they say, Who sees us and who knows us? See, that's, that's even what people do who aren't saved and know that they're doing things, you know, they know. Look. 
When people commit a crime, they know they're committing a crime. When people really do egregious, sinful things, they know exactly what they're doing. They know it's wrong. So Isaiah is speaking about people who, who um, you know, their counsels, they hide their counsel far. They're, they're not going to talk to the Lord about what they've done. They've done their works in the dark, and they just think, well, <laughs> we did it in the dark. So who sees us? Who knows? But God knows. Psalm 139, David did write this psalm. And I just want to look at um, verses 7 through 10. David writes this. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven... You are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall hold me. We obviously can't hide from God, but he does hide from us time to time. You know, his passion is so intense for us to chase after him. That's what he desires. Listen to what Proverbs 8, 17 says. And um, Proverbs 8, it's, it's, um, it's, the, it's wisdom speaking. Now, we know that wisdom is God because he is wisdom. So it's really God speaking, but as it's written in Proverbs, it's written as if wisdom is speaking. So it says, I love those who love me. In other words, I love those who love wisdom, but wisdom is God. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. So if you diligently seek wisdom, you'll find wisdom. Because wisdom is God, and God is wisdom. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Amos writes in Amos 5, 4, he writes, you know, the prophetic word of the Lord And it says, seek me and live. In other words, seek me, the Lord, and live. I'm telling you, in our society today, we have so many opportunities to seek things. Some seek more education. Others seek a better income. Some seek just worldly pleasures. And I can tell you that they're vast. Others seek mediums fortune tellers, to know what the future holds. Um, People seek ways to lose weight, grow hair, keep our youth. There is an incessant seeking to dull the emotional pain of life through eating, sex, alcohol, drugs, gambling. It's to dull the pain of life. When life gets too difficult, 
and people cannot handle, they cannot cope with life, then their coping mechanism becomes eating, um, where they can get up to even 800 pounds. Hard to believe, yes. Um, People dull pain through sexual addiction, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, gambling addiction. But none of it works. None of it works. And most of it brings harm. It all brings harm. So why not seek after God? See, if you diligently seek him, you will find him. Matthew 5 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Are you hungry for God? Are you thirsty? Are you parched and dry from worldly pursuits? I dare say that if you are listening to this message and you are not a believer in Christ, then you are pursuing worldly pursuits that will leave you so parched and so dry and so empty. Now, God put in us, he put it in our heart to have our heart filled with him. He did. Why? So there would be no empty spaces and no empty places. No empty places in our hearts. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See that? He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I assure you, if you diligently seek after God, if you cry out for him, if you are desperate and thirsty for the living Christ, you will find him. He will make himself known to you. The question you might be asking yourself, though, are, What are the rewards? What rewards are those in seeking him and then finding him? Well, the first reward is salvation, redemption. If you're not saved, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, the reward of seeking him and finding him is that you have salvation. What is salvation? Salvation is eternal life with Christ. What else? What other reward might there be? Well, the reward of peace. Now you have peace with God and peace in your life. And you become a pursuer of peace. You become a peacemaker. That's a reward of diligently seeking him. What other rewards are there? How about joy? Joy, joy, joy down in your heart. Maybe you struggle with depression. Maybe you struggle with painful things that you just don't know how to cope with. 
if you diligently seek Christ, you will find him. And I assure you, when you find him, you will find the joy of your life. I have a friend. He's 83 years old. At the age of 81, or 80, I'm not sure, in his 80s there, early 80s, um, he didn't, he, he, you know, he knew about God. And as best he could, he loved God, but he really didn't have a what we would call a personal relationship with the Lord. You know, he told me that after he got born again, and he got born again in his car because he had um, had a minister in the vehicle with him, and he asked the minister, "How how can I how can I know God more?" And the minister said, "Well, we can pray, and you can receive Christ." So they prayed, and you know what he said to me? He said, "This incredible joy came over me." And I have, it. it's never left me. It's never left me. The joy of the Lord has never left me since I accepted him. That's a reward of someone who was very diligent. Somebody who said, I, I, I want to know this God more. I, 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 I don't think I know him. In fact, I, I remember him saying that, you know, he wanted, he didn't know God like he knew he needed to know God. And he just really, really wanted to know him personally. Well, that was his reward. Joy, joy, joy. Joy unspeakable. And here he is today, two or three years later, and he's still joyful. So that is a reward. Of course, hope is a reward. Hope is a reward. You see, because God says he is the hope, he is the, it's the anchor of our soul. God's hope is the anchor of our soul. And um, when you lose hope, let me tell you, that's when you start numbing yourself with medication. That's when things can get really out of control, when you lose hope. So these are the rewards. And you know what? These are just a few. I just mentioned salvation, peace, joy, hope, but there are many more. So, yes, what are the rewards of seeking him and finding him? Wow, they're just, they're overwhelming. You can't imagine. So if you don't know Jesus Christ, I encourage you just to cry out to him and say, Lord, I want to know you. Or if you know him and you're dry, you feel parched and dry, just cry out to him and say, Lord, I'm thirsty for you. I want to know you more. I assure you he'll fill you with more of himself. It's a great place to be. Well, this is Dawn Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and you can listen to this podcast again at www.pureheart.today. If you would like to um, pray for this ministry, I would be ever so grateful. And if you would like to sow financially in this ministry, that would be a great blessing to this ministry. Um, you can send, uh, you know, any amount to Pure Heart Ministries, Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, 
Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I assure you, everything that is uh, sent toward this ministry goes to paying for this radio time. And it would be a great blessing. So thank you so much in advance. I look forward to next week. This is Don Noble. Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.